This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. As always, brought to you by the good folks at Bet Rivers. Uh, and remember, for all of your wagering needs as you heading to the, uh, really the heart of the summer and into the uh, football season, which is right around the corner. And for everything else, like the U.S. Open this weekend, uh, go to the Bet Rivers app for everything that you need, and it'll be there. Uh, they have a wonderful app, and it's improving all the time, and uh, very, very fan-friendly. So check it out. And remember, for all of your wagering needs, Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey, play Sugar House in Connecticut, and that's where you can always find the uh, Mike Francis podcast uh, emails. Send them to the Mike Francis podcast at gmail.com. All right, we have reached the Subway series, which will uh, begin for this year. I always look forward to it. I'm a big proponent of it. You know that. Um, and you know what? In any season, any shapes, that season's coming. And this year, it, they come in a very weird shape. Um, they fill ballparks. That's all there is to it. You know what? I've been going to those games since the first game that was ever played between the Yankees and the Mets that counted. And the ballpark is almost entirely full every single time. Uh, there's never been any rash of empty seats at either ballpark. Uh, and that will be the case tomorrow night at uh, City Field for two games. And to say that these teams limp in, especially the Mets, let's start with the Yankees because they are the lesser of the two evils right now, but they are anything but pretty after dropping a terrible loss to the Red Sox last night, losing the rubber match of the weekend series. Um, Just a dreadful loss for the Yankees. Uh, Stupid, stupid and ugly mistakes. Rizzo getting picked off. The ball not played. Uh, you want to blame the outfielder or blame uh, Torres for not uh, for being lackadaisical on the uh, throw to second, which gave it an extra base, um, and really started a chain reaction. Um, Boone did not have a strong game. I thought he blew through the bullpen too fast. Also, I did not like when and where he decided to uh, move guys into and out of the lineup. And he wound up with nothing uh, with, you know, he wound up with two guys who were weak hitters at the bottom of the lineup with a runner on third and the 10th inning. That's bottom line. Um, right now, you cannot think Volpe's going to get the job done. I mean, you know, the guys hit the kid. Listen, he's a kid and he's a good prospect. We know that. But he has had a bad year to now. The only thing that has stood out for Volpe is the fact that he's hit nine home runs and he's stolen a bunch of bases, most of them early in the season, most of them before May 15th. He, had, he does not walk anymore. Early in the year, he did. If you look at it, he's hitting 186 for the season. His on-base percentage in his last 100 at-bats is 200. His last 45 at-bats, he's hitting 133, has a 152 on-base percentage, has one walk and has struck out 15 times. I mean, 
any lesser prospect, a prospect who got less attention, less notice, less ballyhooed, would have been back in the minors. Because he has consistently, since the middle of April, hit basically 150. And that's not good enough. I'm sorry, it just isn't. Um, The Yankees have a bullpen that can be effective. It can be very effective. It doesn't have the efficiency at the end that I like. They have live arms. They have good overall numbers. But I still don't trust it in a big spot. Uh, Last night, again, another occasion. Uh, The bottom line is they do enough to get by, but anything but impressive. And when you take Judge out of the lineup, this team suffers so dramatically. When you take Judge out of the lineup and Stanton is not hitting yet since he came back and Rizzo is in the biggest slump of his career, then you have a nightmare. And that's what you have right now as you enter this series. Rizzo is one for his last 20. He's in an offer. He's one for his last 26 with no homers, no RBIs. He's 10 for his last 59 with 20 strikeouts and no homers. And he even looks like he's in a fog. His play at first base has been lackadaisical, and he's, he's a great glove. We know that, but his play has been lackadaisical, and he gets picked off second base last night. He's, he's not only in a slump, he's in a fog. Stanton is 3 for 21 since he came back. You add in Rizzo, 10 for 59. Add in LeMayo, 11 for 57. Add in Volpe not hitting and not having Judge in the lineup, and you know why the Yankees aren't scoring any runs. Their lineup doesn't look good on a clear day. Donaldson has six hits on the season, five of them home. He's hitting 143. This lineup has four or five outs in it. It wouldn't scare anybody. And when you take Judge out and Rizzo slumping, that lineup is dreadful. They have one guy, one guy who has an on-base percentage over 350. That's Judge. They have only three guys who have on-base percentages over 300. Torres, Rizzo, who's in a terrible slump, and Judge. So when you look at it from that standpoint, hey, there's a lot of things that you can say about the Yankees. And the Yankees are nine games over 500. They're as far out as the Mets. They're both nine and a half games out today. Yankees nine in the loss, Mets 10 in the loss. Mets are four games under 500. Yankees are nine games over 500, but they play in a division that's tough, led by a Tampa team that's off and flying. The sub in Subway is the key to these two games because basically you're playing without Alonzo, you're playing without Judge, you got a bunch of stars slumping, and it shows. You got a lot of guys who shouldn't even be in the lineup in the lineup right now. Yanks have won, gone four and six last 10, lose the series to the Red Sox, aren't hitting consistently. For the most part, they're pitching is, you know, Schmidt gave you a good performance last night. He's been pretty good his last four starts. He's gotten better. He was dreadful early. He's improved. I have to be fair. His last four starts have been acceptable. It's acceptable or better. You got Severino against Scherzer. You got Cole against Verlander in a big marquee matchup on Wednesday night. Now, the Mets, while the Yankees are without judge, and have their stars slumping and have a lot of guys, you know, named McKinney and and Calhoun. I actually like Calhoun. 
I think Calhoun's the kind of guy you like to have on the team, a guy who can turn the ball around and put it in the outfield and put it in the uh, right field seats. You like that. That's, that's, that's actually Yankee baseball. I mean, that's the way it's supposed to be played. That's the way the roster, the roster is supposed to have a bunch of lefties that can, you know, kill you. The Yankees are supposed to last night in the last inning, not have two righty batters come up and look awful with a runner on third and one out. They're supposed to have a lefty who can scare the heck out of you. But, you know, that's the, that, that's the old way of doing the lineup. Now it's, all, it's, it's mostly right-handed hitters, which makes no sense. Calhoun's been okay. And McKinney's had a couple of at-bats, but he's done okay, and he made a, great, a really good catch last night. But the Yankee lineup, you look at it and say, oh, you got to be kidding me. I mean, this is not a Yankee lineup. And it shows. Now, their problems are minuscule compared to the Mets. The Mets don't have Alonzo, which is an enormous loss because the, the Mets never, never win when Lindor and Alonzo don't hit. And Alonzo, I understand you want a higher batting average, but the bottom line is the guy hits a ton of big home runs and he knocks in a bunch of runs. So, you know, he does his job. He's a slugger. He's not a 300 hitter. He's a slugger. And they miss him glaringly. But Lindor's hitting 216. He's got all the eyes, but he's hitting 216. And you got guys there like McNeil. I mean, McNeil's five for his last 28, you know? And Lindor's 10 for his last 56. These guys aren't hitting. The Mets have lost eight of nine. They miss Alonzo enormously, but they have no pen. Other than Robinson, it's been very good. They tried to get a five-out save in Atlanta. It didn't work. He gave up the home run. You know when they brought Hunter in the game, what was going to happen? The Met bullpen is awful. Other than Robinson, awful. And they have struggled to get decent starting pitching. And when they've got decent starting pitching out of Senga or out of Carrasco, they haven't hit. And let's be honest, Scherzer and Verlander, who hold the key to the season, have to be better. But the team also has to score some runs. And they're going to have to do it without Alonzo for another couple of weeks. I mean, they've tried to integrate some of the kids into the lineup. Good. Alvarez has been great. Omar told me, Two years ago, he said Alvarez was going to be a monster bat. Told me that two years ago. He said, they got this kid in the minors. I'm telling you, he is going to be a stud hitter. And he, the ball pops off his bat. I mean, he's done a very good job. I mean, you know, he's been up a handful of times. He's got 12 home runs. I mean, he's done his job. You can't have any problems with him in, in any way. Beatty's been, you know, erratic at best, less than, less than acceptable for the most part. He does show some glimpses, but you need more. They have a lot of guys who, let's be honest, just aren't very good. They haven't had a good year out of McNeil. They haven't had a good year out of Lindor. They haven't had a good year out of Marte. Okay, who's coming on a little bit now. But they haven't had a good year out of any of these guys. 
Nimmo is the, he's the only guy on the team who has a, uh, on base percentage over 350. I think McNeil's at 349 or 350, and everyone else is way lower, and Nimmo is above that. That's it. I mean, dreadful. And a lot of guys, and a lot of guys who, you know, parade around like automatic outs. Plus, they have no bullpen. And plus, without Alonzo, they just don't have a lot of anything. I mean, this is a team that when you look at it, right? I mean, when you look at their their numbers, you know, look at their stats. Alonzo has 49 RBIs. Lindor has 43 RBIs, which is not a bad RBI number. But after that, that's it. Alvarez is going to be third in a minute. He's one behind Nimmo at 25. Look at the fall off. You know, if those two guys don't hit and don't hit homers, Alvarez has 12 homers. Lindor has 12 homers. Alonzo's got 22 homers. After that, nobody on the team hits a home. Fam's, you know, had a handful of at-bats. He's got six home runs. They are a weak lineup with no depth. They have no bullpen, and they're not getting anything out of their stud starters, and they're not getting anything of quality, for the most part, out of their starting pitcher. Senga's thrown some good games, but he needs more than regular time off between starts, and there are days he walks the ballpark. He walks way too many guys, and when pitchers are wild, when they are wild, you can never trust them. Carrasco, up and down, he's had some good, uh, thrown a couple of good games, and when he does, they don't score. But for the most part, you can't like anything about this team. I mean, Robinson, like we said, had done really well until he t- they tried to get that five-out save. I mean, they've done that a bunch of times, but they've tried. I mean, they don't get any pitching. You know the Mets have a number this year where the guy, if, the, if they get a, a really good start, they win. But that number's come down the last couple, the last 10 days because of the fact that now they just don't score enough runs. And they're not going to without Alonzo. I mean, that's all there is to it. That's a big loss for them. That's a huge loss for them. But more than anything else, if you're looking to turn this season around, and remember, you have the extra wild card now, so you have a chance to stay in it and get back and have a you know, reasonable season, make the playoffs, and then try and do some damage. But the bottom line is they won't even get there this year if they don't get Scherzer and Verlander to be a, at least a reasonable facsimile of what we expect Scherzer and Verlander to be. They can't do it without them, and there's no way to change anything with them. So they are here. So you have to make it about them. The Mets can go out and get an arm and put it in a bullpen. Fine, I'm sure they will. That will give them a little boost, but it will not change things if Scherzer and Verlander don't pitch well and well enough to win. And they need some other guys on this team to pick it up or be gone. I mean, let's be honest. They got some absolute dead wood on this roster. I know everyone wants to pick on Vogelback, but let's be honest. How is he on the roster? 
I mean, you should have to do something to stay on the roster. That's all there is to it. I mean, the Mets, they don't limp in to the Subway Series. They crawl in. It's when you're going to, it's always when we put the microscope on the two teams. And right now, when we do, you know what we see? We see a lot of warts, and we see a lot of bruises and abrasions and a couple of deep cuts. We don't see anything pretty. Two big bats in the lineups aren't here. The next guys who are supposed to carry the weight and get paid to carry the weight are not carrying the weight on both teams. That includes Stanton staying in the lineup and doing something. That includes Rizzo turning it around. Listen, I've been the big Rizzo guy since he got here. Love Rizzo. He's been a nightmare for the last two weeks. A nightmare. For the last 50 at bats, he's been a nightmare. Now, they said he hurt his neck in the San Diego series. I don't know exactly when that happened. I went to the San Diego Saturday game. Rizzo came up in some big spots and did not look good. But that was one game. But for him to go this many at-bats without a home run, that's unusual, highly unusual. He's very consistent in that regard. And he has looked really awful in every way. He's looked like he is just not into it. He looks like he's in a fog, and he usually is what you want to see in a ball player. He feels his position. He's heads up. He's a leader. He hits. I mean, he does the whole thing, but he has been a nightmare in his last 50, 60 at-bats. And he's been joined by a bunch of guys. LeMayu's looked awful. I mean, absolutely awful. When LeMayo was first couple of years here, he was unbelievable. You, I, the first years he was here, we were like, wow, is he really this good a player? I mean, he's unbelievable. And now he doesn't even look like even a little bit of that guy. And the day I went to the game, he was the star of the game. He got the big hits. He got the home run. He, he did a good job that day. But he has not, not been good. You know, Torres always does enough to not get beat up on. You always get enough out of him that you can't beat on him because, you know, there's enough there that you say, hey, listen, but you can expect more. And I understand he plays the game with a, you know, little bit of a conserved approach. Let's be honest. Sometimes he doesn't run out balls. And he's gotten caught doing that. And he's almost looks lackadaisical at times, but he gets the job done. Some, some players play that way. But he also, also pushes it to extremes. And you can live without that. So, you know, you can expect more from him than you get. You can't beat on him, but you still can expect more. It's not, it's not out of the question. So right now, what you have here 
is Scherzer and Verlander again on display needing to put up, if they give up a bunch of bombs to the Yankees and lose these games or don't look good in these games, it is just going to really spin out of control for the Mets. Mets need to put a stop to this, and this is a good time to at least, you know, put your foot in the ground or draw a line and say enough. Eight out of nine is enough. Play some good games. Get a good game out of Scherzer. Get a good game out of Verlander. Have Lindor come up big. Have, uh, you know, McNeil come up big. Whatever it takes right now. Marte, whatever. And for the Yankees, same thing. They're stars. Whether it's Rizzo or Stanton or LeMayu, you know what? Get the job done. Pick up the slack for Judge. Like I said, highlight sub in the Subway Series because there's a lot of guys who shouldn't be in either lineup. Emails when we return. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Now, later in the week, remember, we'll do the uh, U.S. Open. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to be a very interesting course. They have a wild par three, which I can't wait to see how it unfolds. A 295-yard par three. Fascinating. You know, so we'll do something on that. Hey. A lot of the golf guys have tried to duck, get involved in what's going on. Bottom line, Saudi's bought golf. Case closed. If you look at it any other way, you're fooling yourself. They now are in control of the money, and they got their guy in an enormous power position. They now, there won't be a live tour. They don't want a live tour. Now they got golf. Watch what happens. All right, emails, MikeFrancisPodcast at gmail.com. And we'll do something and make some picks on the U.S. Open coming up. Here we go. Uh, Doug in Babylon, Alvarez, looks like a 40 home run player. Should he be DH a lot? Um, He should be DH when he doesn't catch. He's a kid. He can do that. That can be a rest day for him. He should catch the majority of the games. He should be behind the plate five times a week. He should be the DH when he doesn't catch. They don't have anybody better to put in the lineup than him right now. Get him as many at-bats as you have and put him up fifth or even fourth now without Alonzo there. But when Alonzo's there, put him up behind Alonzo. Put him in the five slot. I don't like him in the two slot. I don't want him in the nine spot. Put him in the five spot. Let him knock in some runs. Phil, so far it seems like Aaron Rodgers is embracing New York and being a Jet. If he's healthy, it should be a lot of fun with him this season. We all spend a lot of time on the Jets and Rodgers this season, more than we've spent on the Jets in a long time. Uh, It's going to be a fun football season. Looking forward to it, and I expect great things from Rodgers. Tom says, Yanks look dead without judge. Boone looks lost. Yes and yes. I don't want to get on Aaron for everything. I thought Aaron had a bad game last night. I thought he had a bad game. I wasn't happy with some of the moves out of the pen because I wanted the pen to have a little more length than it had. I thought he blew through his good relievers too fast. Plus, I did not like his pinch hitting sequences and how he moved guys around. And I don't know why he took Calhoun out of the game so early. Also, I would have really thought about in that game in that spot, playing the infield in. 
with the two-run lead. With the, with the, you know what? Be a little daring. I know, I know who's up, but you know what? Be a little daring. Bring the infield in there. Cut off that run. Instead of letting it score on a ground ball in the eighth inning. Uh, with the Mets lacking pop in their lineup, why did they get rid of Sanchez so quickly? Listen, Sanchez is a very, very tough case. He can look like the worst player in the world, and he can look like the best hitting catcher in the world in the same week. So you can look at him and say, hey, we're not, we're not down on this guy. And then you can turn around and say, oh, my God. Now, has he hit in San Diego? Yes. Uh, could the Mets have used them? Yes. But they had Alvarez, and they have Alvarez, and Alvarez is doing really well. He should be the uh, – when you can get home runs out of the catcher's spot, when you can get home runs and RBIs out of the catcher's spot, you are way ahead of the game lineup-wise. And it's an enormous boost to your lineup when you have a, an offensive catcher. Now, the one thing that's bad about the offensive catcher, when he's your big star like Mike Piazza, you have to give him days off because you can't catch him every day. Now, there's a DH there wasn't when Piazza was there, so it was a problem. Everyone always used to complain when he didn't play Sunday. He couldn't play seven days a week, folks, but he was their superstar, so people wanted to see him. That was the problem. But there's a great advantage of having your catcher put up big numbers because when he does, he expands the lineup and expands your numbers because most teams don't expect to get a lot out of their catching spot. Catching's a defensive position first. A lot of teams carry an automatic out of catcher. When you have a guy who's got a bunch of home runs, a bunch of RBIs, and hits a catcher, you're way ahead of the game. Uh, I know Cody's wish is a miler, but it would be an injustice to the sport of racing if his connections don't enter him in the classic. I do not think, I don't think anybody in his connections or his trainer think there's any way Cody's wish can go more than one turn. I think a mile is at the top of the game. That's it. I don't think there's any more distance past the mile. So I disagree with you. I do not think he should be going in a classic race a mile and a quarter. Uh, Paul asks, uh, Sequan yesterday talked about his contract and being treated fairly and the idea of even sitting out the season. I think he's lost. Listen, he's in a very tough spot. Teams are not going to pay running backs. And when you are a first-round, former first-round pick, the system can play against you. They can blame their own player association for that. They've gotten hurt in negotiations in the past, and they have allowed the NFL to control some things that were crazy to agree to. And that position, look, Minnesota told Cook to go goodbye. Cook played really well there. But you know what? If they get four years out of a running back, they're not looking to sign him to a big contract after that. They don't care who he is. Now, there's the rare occasion when the guy becomes the team. And that happens. But that's the rarest of occasions. And those teams are not even smart to do it because if you are paying 
a lot of money to the running back position, you are dead from a, a cap position because there are positions you have to pay in this league. You have to pay quarterback if you have any talent there. You have to pay wide receiver if you have any talent there. You have to pay your edge pass rushes if you have any talent there. You have to pay your offensive tackles if you have any talent there. So you have positions where there is no way around paying the guys. And the positions where you don't have to pay people is where you have to get your financial bargains. If you don't, you have a lopsided situation financially that will hurt you eventually. That's why when you get a quarterback good early on his first contract and you're winning, you're in Shangri-La until he gets that second contract. But Barkley's been boxed into a corner, and he's not happy. And if I were Barkley, I wouldn't be happy either. But running back does not command a lot of authority, and he doesn't have a lot of leverage. It's not a great position for him. And... It'll be interesting to see how the Giants play it. I don't think the Giants want to hurt him. I don't think the Giants want him upset, but I also think they are not going to make him happy financially. It's a very tough spot, and running back is the position where, you know what, teams are always going to toe the line. They are always going to draw the line in the sand at running back. A lot more coming up this week. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.